For me, I've seen it as light as somebody hurt somebody's feelings that they didn't say anything and then they end up letting that build and leave the church. And then I've seen it being so destructive that it destroys a church that inside it's so toxic and just turmoil everywhere. Welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim, two pastors discussing practical details about life, leadership, parenting, and being more centered around Jesus first. The goal of this show is to help you keep your eyes on Jesus through the busyness of life and clutter of your schedules. Now, join us for the conversation. Welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. We're with you today. We're excited because this is kind of a part two. If you were with us last episode, we talked about how to find a church. And we're assuming you have one now because of the episode, if you didn't already. (laughs) And so now we're going to talk about when to leave a church, not the church you just found because you want to stay there, but when would you leave a church, dumb reasons to leave a church, and when you actually should. So before we get into that, Drew, how are you today? I'm doing great. I'm like a little, little tired. All right. But it's the end of the week. I'm ready to push into the weekend. Great message planned for this Sunday. We're going to be talking about who's the goat. The goat. Who's the goat? That's the question we're trying to answer. By the time this airs, I mean, I guess I should probably say a little bit. You can go listen to it. But it's going to be, yeah, exactly. It's geared towards serving. And we're going to talk about in Matthew where Jesus speaks to one day he will separate the sheep from the goats. Mm. and how what culture is telling us is we all want to be the goats we always want to we want to be the greatest at something right, right? we want to be we want to be awesome right and what jesus is telling us is if you want to be great be a servant mm. so we're going to talk about serving and we're going to do that through the theme of the greatest of all time which i know for basketball you are a jordan guy i'm jordan right? you're just a you're a jordan i'm a lebron guy are you right i am and Man. it's you know that's our first disagreement on this podcast but I get the argument. I do. <laughs> I understand it. You know, and it's not like I'm insulting Michael Jordan. It's not always oh, right. the second greatest player of all time. It's not like I'm saying he's terrible or he's fifth or something like that. But but yeah, I'm a I'm a LeBron guy. I just, you know, dudes on like what year 21. Uh, you know, he was he started playing when I was in high school. All right. I'm yeah. 30. No, is that right? When did he start playing? It feels like it. Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> So That's I watched, my argument. I'm I watched basketball. 88 to 93 was my premier years when I would watch, get so into it, and yep. uh, collected all the basketball cards. I still have them in my in folders in a closet, which my wife does not like that I still have them. And I'm like, someday, someday they'll someday. be worth something and probably not. Sure. So anyway, that's my, I don't really watch basketball now, but I, that was the premier years for Jordan. And so, yes, I yeah. uh, geared more towards him. So. Yeah. And it's really the only goat debate because in football, it's Tom Brady until Patrick Mahomes goes to another stratosphere. Right. So, right. so it's, uh, Wayne Gretzky. It's, it's really, yep. Wayne Gretzky. Although I don't really follow NHL unless the hurricanes are like in the playoffs and then soccer, I don't really view as a sport. So I'm sure our listeners are really excited for me to say yeah, that. Pele, so, I think, I don't know. Sure. Messi. Somebody's yeah, great. Somebody like that. Who's but how about goat, you? Who's man? the goat in baseball? Uh, I don't know if that's as clear cut. It's not as clear cut. That's a no. good point yeah. because you can argue like old school pre steroid era, but then you've got Barry Bonds. <laughs> oh, right now, it's right now. Otani is like I've, he's a unicorn. I've never seen anything like this guy. Like mm. he's smacking the ball like crazy, and then also pitching as well and great defense when he plays. But but you know he's. You know, how many World Series rings is a guy going to have? Is that as 
measurable in baseball when you're talking about playing what 162 games in a season and there's all these teams and yeah i don't know and there's nine players on the field you know it's not that's the it's not as simple as basketball when there's only five people you got to pay attention to Mm -hmm. yeah so anyways that's what i'm up to what are you doing well, by the time you hear this, we'll we will have celebrated our 18-year anniversary with me and my wife. Let's so we're getting out, getting out this next weekend to uh Melting Pot, which is one of our favorite places because that's where I proposed and uh oh, did a little okay. dish with like the heart uh strawberries and a heart with the ring in the middle type of thing. You know, it's a fondue place if you don't know what it is, it's awesome. So we're gonna wow. get away for that. And uh other than that, things are going great. You know, speaking of sports, I was gonna recommend uh the George Foreman movie. Have you seen that? I have not. No, so it's on Netflix now and it's, it's pretty good. It's, it goes over his whole career. The only problem with it is that it's a two hour movie and it tries to tell like 10 hours worth of story. If it was done, oh, like, wow. more like a mini series. So yeah. everything's done like real quick where normally like a Rocky movie has two fights in it. This probably has like six or eight fights in it. So it's done really quick, but it's done well because it does chronicle his career. Many things I didn't even, I didn't like, oh yeah, he did fight Ali and he did fight Joe Frazier and he did fight Evander Holyfield. And um, I was like, man, he had a, a crazy career. And the, the cool part about that, why I bring it up for this podcast is that there was a very clear turning point in his life when he met God and he, he became a Christian, he, he gave it all up and he became a pastor, wow. went wow. back into fighting after doing that for a while, eventually had the George Foreman grill and all that. So anyway, it's a yeah. cool story. And as I was watching it, I pulled up on YouTube, like the actual fights, like two minute, you know, synopsis of the actual fights he was at. And it was mm-hmm. really cool to see like, oh yeah, that, that did happen. That is part of history. And that's really cool. So anyway, highly recommend have to check it out. Christian movies on here before. So today's conversation is about, I, I just like the title, Dumb Reasons to Leave a Church and When You Actually Should. I love because, it. man, as pastors, we see all the reasons, good and bad. And oh, yeah. so we want to talk about this because we're not trying to get you to leave a church by any means, but times will come when it is time to leave or when you feel like you should. And so when should you stick it out? When should you actually leave? That's what we want to talk about. And maybe we start with just our, you know, in our life when we've left, you know, and, and yeah. maybe good or bad reasons. I don't know. I don't know your reasons, but um, maybe you could just start us off with a little bit of your history of leaving churches and uh, kind of what that looked like. Yeah. And you're right. We do have experience. There's a stat out there that says over your lifetime, you'll lose seven meaningful relationships in your life and a pastor will lose seven a year. Wow. And it's emotionally difficult to be a pastor, but you do, you, you hear all the reasons you hear all the reasons why good and bad, like you said. And for me personally, man, the reason I've left churches and this is consistent. It's always been leadership doing something that stirs in me this feeling, not just like feeling, oh, I'm I'm in my flesh and telling myself I have a feeling. I'm talking about feeling like Holy Spirit conviction that this isn't right, that something's up. And Biblically, when that happens, I go directly to that leader and have the conversation. Then I bring other people in if nothing's done about it. Then I bring leadership in. Then I bring my boss in. And unfortunately, it has ended with 
me exiting. Yeah. So nothing has changed in any of those environments and any of those situations. I, I will say this. Uh, I'll just give you a couple quick surf, you know, it's kind of surface level when it comes to like the entire situation. But the first church I left, I really didn't want to leave. It was a great situation. I love the people I work with and it was awesome. But I had a leader that very clearly was diminishing worship and not just diminishing worship globally across all of our campuses, but starting to be really, really overly concerned about what worship looked like. So much to the point that if you, this is a real meeting I had, we need to make a list of all the people on our worship team that are over the age of 40. And if they're over the age of 40, we need to really ask ourselves, like, are they good and should they be on stage? And at the same time we were doing that, And literally, I sat in a room, Tim, and made a list on a whiteboard with four other people of the people on Planning Center that were in worship that were over the age of 40. Here's what's fascinating about it. Three of them were in my small group. Wow. And no one knew that. And they were like, yeah, we should probably have those conversations. And I'm like, if these three guys that I'm in a small group, you want me to kick them out and then go to small group with them? (laughs) (laughs) what awkward so the holy spirit was like this isn't right at the same time we were making these lists we were bringing in 18 to 24 year olds with their uh hi-fi hipster dress and they could play and that was great we were also paying them contractually they weren't part of our church and they had no want to be there Mm -hmm. if they weren't being paid yeah meanwhile you have a you know 55 year old who's actually like classically trained really really good gives to the church been there for 15 years and we're like you're old you can't do this anymore so we put condition on conditions on people and that was a big problem for me every other time it was pastor in his marriage pastor emotional breakdown pastor in his marriage pastor in his marriage the latest one was pastor leaves his wife is no longer living with his wife but they did not term it divorce They're just living separately for like over a year, which in the state of North Carolina qualifies as divorce, Um, but they didn't term it divorce. And so he's just going to stay pastor. So at that point, I'm like, hey, I'm going to go to the pastor. Then I'm going to go to the pastor and the executive team. Then I'm going to go to the pastor, the executive team and accountability uh, board. And then I'm going to put in my notice Yeah, because nothing's changing. You know, who would have thought that a couple months after I left, uh, some some stuff surfaced. He left the church and a five campus church dropped all their campuses and went to one campus. So who who would have thought, imagine you know, that. like imagine that. <laughs> so uh, unfortunately, that's been my experience of why to leave a church, you know, very glaring. But when sin is hidden by leadership and not exposed and not brought to light, which is biblical. That's usually a good sign to leave. And and maybe that's a a good thing for anybody in church leadership that's listening to this. If you're asking yourself, when do I need to get out? Well, I'll just say this. If you're currently living, not, and I'm not saying living in sin. I'm not saying like you sin today because we all fall short of the glory of God. Yeah. I'm saying you have a repetitive sin and lifestyle in your life that you are hiding from people and hiding from the church. You need to leave. You need to step down and you can do it quietly. Like if you're look, if you're cheating on your spouse, 
If you're cheating on your spouse, please hear me in, in all grace. The best thing for the church, the best thing you can do, the best thing for your ministry is to step down. Yeah. And you you think you'll push through this and you think that the church will survive. And it's going to be like the Bible talks about Israel. It'll be because of your sin that Israel falls. Yeah. And I'm just saying, step down. So it's yeah, for me, that's been my personal experience. Yeah. It's terrible. I was just going to say what's done in darkness will be brought to light one way or another. You can either bring it to light in a way that is accountable and for change, or it can be done in a place that is uh, destructive and hurts many people around you. So, yep. What about you? Tell me about when, when you've had to leave churches. Yeah. For me, I grew up in a, in a small church with, with my family. And so the first church that we were actually at with me and my wife as a married couple was uh, a church we were at for probably a couple of years. And then it, it split, it broke, there was division, people were, you know, gaining people on this side, and then other people on this side, and then ended up just shutting down almost immediately. And then the other half that was still following the the pastors got absorbed into this big church. And so Mm -hmm. we tried it for a week or two. We're just like, ah, this isn't it. This isn't the mission we signed up for. This isn't the vibe. This isn't really where we want to be. Plus it Mm -hmm. was even further of a drive for us from where we lived. So from that, we went uh, back to my my dad's church for a bit. And again, we were there for a while and it was a very clear, hey, this isn't God's calling us to use our giftings. It was, I mean, right. when I say small, it's it's like a dozen people, most of them mm-hmm. family, family friends, you know, like that's it. Yeah. So it a small really, group with a pastor. It's a small group. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, I, I wanted, wanted more. And so, and then we went to the church we're at now, which, you know, we've been there for over 10 years and in multiple roles yeah. now, capacities, pastor now. Um, so anyway... I don't, I don't have really too crazy of, of a story other than the fact that I try to be planted when, when possible. I try to stay yeah. consistent. I, uh, even yeah. in the church I'm at now, you know, we had a rough nine, 12 months without a pastor, searching for pastors, trying different ones out, and many people left. And, uh, you know, we stayed, stayed there because we didn't feel called to leave just because it was in turmoil, just because it was change. And so that's, that's one of the things we talk about. And these, Upcoming here, we're going to talk about dumb reasons to leave church. And so if you want to write these down and we can talk about these or just go through the bullets. But the first one I wrote down, and these are not, this is not all inclusive by any means. We can write a hundred of these. Um, But these are kind of groupings, I think, for some things we've seen. First one is interpersonal conflict. This is a big one. So you get in clicks, you get in a disagreement with someone, someone says something who then tells their spouse and then the spouse tells a small group. And now the whole small group knows the problem. And now it's a huge issue in the church instead of, like you said, going to that brother or sister in Christ and hashing it out, figuring out what the problem is. You know, we saw this recently with, with someone that did that same thing and it became this big issue where if that person literally just did not tell their spouse, figured it out with their brother first, it would have gone away completely. And then you could have yeah. told your spouse that you you dealt with the conflict and it's resolved now. But right. when you have interpersonal conflict that's not resolved and it becomes this like, oh, now it's weird. Now it's awkward. Now uh, I don't want to actually confront it because uh, then I lose the power to gossip about it. So I'm just going to grab some people with me and we're just going to leave the church because that person over there said this about me. They don't like the way I did this. It gets really, really destructive because that's not why we we talked last week about why we go to church and and the the purpose of being in it and not to not it, to be in unity not uniformity you know right. uniformity is looking like everyone else unity right. is being there for the same common purpose knowing that you're going to be different and 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 not look like the person next to you necessarily preach that. other yep. other than the fact that you're there for Jesus so interpersonal conflict it's a big one what have you seen yeah 
a lot of that. Fortunately, not a lot of that where I am currently. And I love that. Like, I love that. I love that, that we are, I do, I believe we're unified. I believe that people are, are really behind what we're doing. And if they're not, they come and talk to me or they go and talk to whoever said or did whatever. Yeah. And I love that. The amount of people that when they leave a church, they leave and then want to have a conversation with the pastor is <laughs> right. blows, blows my mind, blows yeah. my mind. What's so the point you've been point? hurt. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's none. But guess what? I, as the pastor, have to sit in the meetings and, you know, go, mm, yep, okay. Well, thanks for telling me all the ways that I didn't know that yeah. I hurt you. And now I can't do anything about it. And I can't even show you growth. And I can't even show you empathy. And I can't even show you that it matters to me. Yeah. See ya. Like, <laughs> like what are we doing? Yeah. So, yeah. Like, when, when you, the very first time, when you go, you know what? I really didn't like that. Or that hurt me. Go have a conversation about it then. Because right. if you hold on to it for four months... Then you'll just leave and then you'll get a call one day from the pastor and the pastor will be like, Hey, hadn't seen you in a while. What's going on? And you'll be like, well, actually we're going to a different church. And then he's going to be clueless. And you're going to be like, how did you not know? Cause you didn't tell him. Cause you he never probably said asked anything. You, he probably asked you, how's it going? You said, fine, I'm good. God bless. Yeah. <laughs> you know. so, well, everything. I mean, that's why there's elders in the church. Yeah. That's why there's other staff members at the church. Tell somebody yeah. like, don't just go talk. You know, I can't stand that stuff. And and when I hear about that stuff, it gets addressed, mm-hmm. addressed big yeah. time. I have no problem addressing that. So, so I've seen it light. So I, I use those examples as light. I've also seen it incredibly destructive. So I've seen it at churches that have like a contemporary service and a traditional service. And the traditional service talks mad smack about the contemporary service. And the contemporary service talks mad smack about the old people at the traditional service. But they're a church. They're they're right. they're in, they're right. in unity. Yeah, they're cool, in cool. unity, and they hate each other. They can't stand it. It's yeah. it's baffling to me. And then the pastors in the middle, like super unhealthy, and no one knows why the pastors unhealthy. It's like, well, maybe it's because there's no way to make everybody feel good, but he feels like he needs to keep everybody that's there because he he certainly doesn't want to tell you not to come to church anymore right so we get leaders with subdued visions yeah because they want to make everybody happy and you know maybe that's driven through insecurity or whatever that's a whole nother podcast episode but yeah. for me i've seen it as light as somebody hurt somebody's feelings and they didn't say anything and then they end up letting that build and leave the church and then i've seen it being so destructive that it destroys a church that's actually like this is what's so destructive about it you can find churches that are doing so well from the outside you're like wow they're growing they're doing all these things great but inside it's so toxic and tur- and just turmoil everywhere yeah and it's like man the potential you're missing out on because you guys don't love each other. Yeah. And so what that sometimes comes back to is we have people that claim to love Jesus, but don't love people. That's right. And that's a really, that's a really hard thing for me to, to swallow. So you love Jesus, but now you've got a standard for other people that doesn't make sense. You love Jesus, but only have grace for people who sin like you do Yeah, because you can hide your sin better. Right. And, and that, that stuff just makes me 
like incredibly irritated and ticked off if you can't tell and destroys it destroys people it destroys relationships it destroys reputations it destroys churches yeah it does number two personal preferences dumb reasons to leave church worship style style of preaching heating and cooling of the place the type of coffee they serve i mean the list goes on and on of personal preferences what's, now what's the what's the worst I, i'm just curious what's the whether they left the church or not is irrelevant I just want to know from a complaint standpoint, what's the worst personal preference story you have? Oh my goodness. Or maybe one of the worst ones. Cause if you're like me, you're like, I got 11. <laughs> right. Oh man. Let me think you go. Okay. So I remember I had a lady come up to me one time, this guy came in and sat behind her, the guy who came. So here's the backstory. The guy who came in and sat behind her for the staff members on church We've met this guy several times. He walks through our campus, which we had at the time, we had a 77 acre campus. We had a walking trail on the campus. And this guy would always be walking through our campus. He wore like a big old green jacket. It was very clear that maybe he didn't have his life together. And I just say that because sometimes you just can tell. And he smoked, he smoked. And we invited this guy to church all the time. Well, one Sunday, he finally showed up. And he sat behind this lady and we'll just call her Cindy. Okay. Her name is Cindy. We'll just say. And Cindy comes to me after the service. And I thought for sure we had a great service. I thought for sure she was going to come up and be like, worship was amazing. Service was amazing. Whatever. She comes up. She was like, hey, so um, there's a man who sat behind me and the whole time smell i mean just reeked of smoke and i was like okay and she goes well i mean can we do something about that what do you want to do <laughs> i looked right at her and i was like you want me to start telling my volunteers to smell people as they walk in like right. i don't know what you and and she thought that that was too loose of a response mm -hmm. for something that she had a major concern about and so, uh, and I was, I was like 31 at the time. I don't know that I would have been so loose about it this time, but, yeah. but she goes, she goes, well, I'm glad that you think that that's funny. And I was like, it's a little comical, Cindy. It's a little comical. Sometimes so she complain, was really, yeah. They, sometimes when they complain, they don't even have an answer for you. What do you want me to do about it? Yeah. What do you I want don't me know, to something. do? Something. Okay. For hey, reason when they come in, I mean, I don't know. Raise your hand. If you smoke, you're no longer welcome at this not church. Welcome. Because someone might view that as, you know, you not living the right way. Like, holy, holy cow. So yeah. uh, that's that's one of them. I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty unreal. <laughs> I thought of one is, uh, man, they didn't leave the church over this, but they're like, so we have a 9-11 service. 11 is live stream. And we have a little more expressive worship in 11. And so more people are up front, you know, and sure. the complaint was that, they're only up front because they want to be on live stream. And I'm like, okay, again, what do you want me to do about it? Because you want me to tell them, don't be expressive in your worship because you're only, let me judge your motivations for you and say right. that you're only up here because of, so what if, so what if their motivation is to be on live stream? If that's one person out of the 30 people that are up front, let them yep. be up there. And who yeah, are you to I'm judge motivations sure. of anybody? Boom. And I'm pretty sure that Jesus used people that had the wrong motivation all the time, yeah. all the time. 
Totally. Like he got in people's boats that didn't want him in the boats. And he had people casting nets for fish, even though they had fished all night and they were the fishermen. And so their motives weren't like, sure, Jesus. It was just like, dude, I'm telling you, we've fished all night, caught nothing. And with the wrong motivation, still had a blessing. Yeah. So I don't know. If we were to go biblically, I would say, one, like you said, we shouldn't judge someone's motivation. Two, sometimes the wrong motivation gets you to the place that you need to be to then reach your process and your promise and all that. But yeah. um, we're not preaching about that. But that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> that's good. You know what they could do? They could get there early and go sit up front and take right. their seat. Yeah, exactly. He, that's a good fix. They're probably in the back with their arms crossed watching everyone everyone else worship and not entering. No, they wouldn't do just that. A, just no. a hunch. I don't know. Just a hunch. All right. Number three is dumb reason to leave church because the church asks for money. Here's a yeah, news flash. Yep. Churches rely on your generous giving because there's no other way to support the building that you are comfortable in where you get your coffee and where you get your air conditioning and where they pay the staff and the pastors to be able to go do the mission and vision the church has. It's a thing yeah. called tithing. Yeah, it's almost like everywhere, you know, I don't know about how how things work in Arizona, okay? But here, if I have an expectation of a place, the higher my expectation, usually the more it costs. So for instance, if I go to a McDonald's drive-thru, which by the way, with two kids now is incredibly expensive. But if I was to go to a McDonald's drive-thru and they were to get my order wrong or it was slow or you know, it didn't taste that good or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't know how upset I'm going to be. It, it's McDonald's, right? I right. mean, it's, it's yeah. McDonald's, right? Um, but if I'm going to walk in a place and demand the temperature, the environment, the lighting, the one hour of my time that, that everything is going to be like top notch and like really, really good. Well, that doesn't sound like McDonald's. That sounds like I'm at a, you know, like a Ruth's Chris, you know, if we were to go chain restaurants, you know, or I'm at a melting pot or I, you know, I'm somewhere like that. I wonder how, how much those places cost. Yeah. Right. Probably a little more than McDonald's. Right. So no, it's not transactional. No, we're not saying bring us your money based on the environment, but don't have expectations for an environment and then turn around and complain about the fact that we talk about money. Cause whether you realize it or not, my family like lives off of off of church mm -hmm. because of of what I do and yeah. and what I believe God has called me into and and then like electricity and heating and air like all that and then if we were to pay anybody else's as staff if we were to impact the community if we were to do anything so yeah uh, it's really fascinating to me we we have to talk about money because Jesus talked about money. We have to talk about money because the early church talked about money. And then we have to make sure that we're being good stewards of that money and sharing with you how we're being good stewards of that money and celebrating what God's doing through your gift, through your yeah. resources, through your giving. And that's all talking about money. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, if you go to a church that doesn't talk about money, well, that's their prerogative. They can figure that out, but they're probably doing either really, really good financially or the pastor just is too scared to talk about it and doesn't want to lose anybody. Yeah. And I would say people that leave a church over this are ones that aren't giving and don't want to be convicted yep. of it and don't receive the blessing from God too when you give and are generous as the Bible calls us to be. 
And so it's just a bad place for your heart to be in where like, oh, how dare they ask for money in an offering message again? Uh, yeah. Get uh, understanding of how the church runs. You, know, I would open up most of our numbers to people and see like, hey, this is where the money's going because we're very transparent yep. and we give 10 to 15% of what comes in out to missions and outreach partners that we are very transparent about who we partner with. And none of that can happen without what is coming in through uh, the tithes and offerings. So, all right, moving on. Another dumb reason to leave a church is because the church is getting too big or too small. I've had this. Yeah. And a lot. Let's group this in with another one I had is because of the scary word change. (laughs) Because one thing I've learned, and I learned this in retail, and I learned it in church, is that the only thing that stays the same is that things constantly change. You know, that's the only, that's the only constant in life is that things constantly change. And so, you know, the, the most ministry killing phrase you can hear is that we've always done it this way. Oh, you can't say that around me, Tim. (laughs) Literally. It's, I'm dead serious. If you say that around me, you're, you're, you're out. I will hammer you into the ground. You can't say that. Not allowed. Not allowed here. Yeah. Yeah. We don't do that. There's the one literally the first elders meeting, I said, here's something that never can come out of our mouth. You know, when, when a church gets too big in your mind, uh, celebrate the growth and also realize that it, let's say a church goes from 500 to a thousand, uh, yep. basically overnight. Do you know what they're going to need? They're going to need you to step up and do more. Totally. So it's a great opportunity for you to use your gifts and be plugged in instead of just looking from the side and like, oh, I loved it when I could just get my own seat and there was, you know, 20 people in the sanctuary that holds 300 or whatever. So that's the one side of it for getting too big, getting too small, go evangelize. It's not yep. a bad thing. First of all, that a small, I, I've known so many small churches that have just had a tremendous heart for each other and for the community. And they're just, a different feel walking into a church of 50 to 80 sometimes yep. than a church of 500 because everyone knows each other. They're here for you. They love you. And so a good experience. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, the reasons why they're getting too big or small might be, might come into play, but just numbers alone is what we're talking about. Just leaving a church based on this is different. This is change that I don't like. And I mean, no one likes change, but you have to embrace it, especially when you're in church, um, knowing that we can't always do what we did. Um, I mean, thank God we don't sing the songs we sang in the 80s and 90s, and those are classics now, and someday we'll probably be uh, a hymn level. We're like, oh, remember when we sang these? And um, So no, things have to change. It doesn't mean that we change the gospel message. It doesn't mean we change the Bible. It doesn't mean we change to look like culture. We're not saying that, but change has to happen based on, I mean, social media live stream was a good example where churches had to change in 2020. Or they died. Or they died. Exactly. Or they just straight up died. Had to get a live stream or you died. And that is one of the things, oh, we've never done live stream and social media is the devil. It's like, okay, live with that approach as your church dies. Because if you don't change, if you don't shift to the, the what's expected and how people interact with you, then yeah, you're going to get, you're going to get lost. Yep. Do you think the people that are upset at all the change and how like the church is growing will get to heaven and complain that there's too many people in heaven? Complain about the worship being too loud. Yeah, like we're this only whole the same is, song, holy, holy, holy. Why do we keep doing this holy, holy, holy thing? <laughs> you know, worthy is the lamb. We get it. How many bridges it. are there? Yeah, oh no, I, I'm with you. Yeah. I, I've been standing on my feet. You know, the pastor needs to tell us to be seated. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just wonder. 
I just wonder, and maybe look, maybe you're listening to this. You're like, well, Drew, that's a really extreme. It's an extreme example. Yeah, maybe. I just, I've heard so many times people say, you know, that they don't want to be part of a big church. Well, let me ask you, what's a big church? Like a big church to me, a big church to me is 20,000. That's a big church. I've been in a 20,000 person church. I've been in a 38,000 person church. I've been in a 1,000 person church. And then I've started churches with nine people, with 37 people, with 43 people. And as they grew, because all of them did to hundreds, I always get somebody that says the church is getting too big. Yeah. What, what, did, what did you think we were doing here? Right. What did you think club. we were doing? The country club, bro. So I don't know what you thought they, <laughs> I don't know what you <laughs> thought they brought me in for. If you didn't have a staff opening, then everything would be going fine. Turns out everything's not going fine. And you had a yeah. staff opening and I was the one who filled it. So guess what we're going to do now? We're going to grow. You know, yeah. we're not going to say that's the goal. Growth is the byproduct of caring for people, of preaching the gospel, and in worshiping in an authentic way. If you yeah. if you have a church that preaches the gospel, worships in an authentic way, and has a system of care, and genuinely cares for their people, not just are you available this Sunday to serve through Planning Center, which used to be the old system of care. Uh-huh. I mean, call them during the week, text them during the week, and check in on them, and how can I pray for you? If that's what you're doing, guess what's going to happen? You're going to grow. And then you're going to leave a church that's doing it really well yeah. because it just got too big and there was too much change. Yeah. You know, or you expected the staff to nail it. That's the other thing I can't stand. You know, we're growing. I'm expecting you to get everything right. Oh, okay. Well, good. Great expectation. Right. Yeah. All right. We'll get through the rest of these quick because then we want to tell you when you actually should leave church. So sure. the next one is because of sin in your life, hiding from accountability. So real example, marriage is struggling. You give the couple very serious things that they need to do. They don't want to do them. They get divorced. Now, one of the couple doesn't want to come to church because they know they didn't do the thing they were supposed to. So now they're Right. Uh, they feel that shame. And so they don't want to actually face the light. So they just go to another yeah. church, but they don't know their history and problem solved. Yep. Yeah. That happens more times than I can count. Yep. So don't hide from your sin, get it out in the open. So another one is that you leave the church a dumb reason because no one ever reached out to you, even though you never told them the problem. Okay. I've got a, I've got a good example of this. I literally had a conversation the other day with someone who, and they might even listen to this podcast, but I had a conversation with them. They were upset that they've been coming to this church for a long time, longer than me. They've been, they were here before me. They were coming to this church for a really long time. And the new person, keyword new person, the new person that was serving in guest experience couldn't even remember his name. Mm. To which I then said, Oh man. Well, you know, you, you, you hope that they can do that from, you know, time to time. Did you go introduce yourself so that that mistake doesn't, you know, happen again? No, I shouldn't have to. Oh, okay. So now we found the real reason that this is an issue, right? So yeah. Yeah, Names are tough. I, ah, man, I'm terrible at it. I I go, I've gone up to people. 
Yeah. I've gone up to people and I've tried to get so good at this. I've even gotten to the point where I've like, you know, I've done the memory thing where you store it in rooms in your house. And I've yep. done the thing where you shake someone's hand. And as soon as they tell you your name, Hey, your name's Tim. Good to meet you, Tim. And you say their name back and then right. they'll come next Sunday. And I'll be like, yeah, I can't oh, remember yeah. that person's name. Yeah, it happens. But I'm very, I'm just very blunt about it. I'm just like, Hey, I don't always do good with names. I don't know if I've met you before. And sometimes they're like, no, you've met me before. I'm yeah. like, sorry about that. Tell me your name one more time. And then it a few I, times, I yeah. usually remember it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This happened a lot in COVID where people were like, oh, no one reached out to me. And it's like, um, man, it's like, if, you, if, we, if we don't know you're in the hospital and you just expect us to know through social media, it's not going to happen usually because uh, unless you're right. connected with somebody that knows and they tell us, like, you need to be the right. one to reach out. If you need prayer, ask for prayer. This has also happened where no one invites you over for dinner. Uh, no one asks you to serve. You ask to serve. Hey, I love. I have a passion for kids ministry. Where can I be used? Great. Let's go next Sunday. Yeah, we'll plug you in. Or if you don't get invited to dinner by the pastor, realize their time is limited, and they can probably only take out one family a week uh, without yeah. compromising their schedule and their their family. Um, so right. why don't you invite them over? Like, yeah, you got it. And you also got to decide what kind of church you're going to have. I mean, from a leadership standpoint, are you going to have the kind of church? that holds everyone's hand because mm -hmm. if you are, that's okay. I'm not saying, I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm just saying not every church is the same. Yeah. And maybe you're the kind of church. It's like, we're going to hold everybody's hand and we're going to have big sign up sheets and we're going to have big old this and big old that we're going to give you. Like if you serve, we're going to give you stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Right. But I know for me, our vision is fearlessly embrace the mission. Fearless, yeah. fearlessly. And then, our word for the year is relentless. We're all about relentlessly pursuing people. Okay. Fearless and relentless. That doesn't sound like a whole lot of handholding. Yeah. So we're not a handhold church. So if you're like straight up, if you're a person that's like nobody, nobody ever like asked me personally to step in and serve. Like if you need that hurt, you're not going to make it. Like you're no. not, and that's okay because there's tons of churches around. What we are called to is a driven personality, a driven family that is ready to like not only get involved, but move the ministry forward. And that, yeah. those are the kinds of families that we're running after. So you got to decide like who you are and what you're going for. All right. So yeah. that look, dude, that's a lot of reasons of that are dumb. Okay. Yeah. Of why to leave a church. Right. So now the question is, all right. So one more real quick. Oh, you got one more? So, you got another dumb one? Okay. Yeah, I got go. one more dumb one. So because the Lord told me to, even though he never actually did, and it's only a way to seem overly spiritual for trivial matters. Yeah. And you can't argue with it. Right. You can't argue with it. As soon it's, as someone says, well, God told me this. Yeah. And by the way, God doesn't call you away from something. He calls you to do something, but that's a whole nother concept and yeah. that we can talk about later. But the whole, I feel like God's pulling me away. Where's he pulling you to? I don't know yet. Well, then, then you haven't. <sighs> oh, and it's just a coincidence that you happen to have a conflict with someone else like a week ago. And now, right. you know, magically God's calling you away yep. uh, because he told you to. Okay. Just very, just very yeah. convenient. So your, your feelings were hurt and now you've been stewing on that. And so mm -hmm. you, you've reasoned with yourself yeah. that God's calling you away. Does God in your head use your voice and sound <laughs> like you? Right. So, <laughs> oh boy. Okay. When you anyway. actually should leave a church. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. What are your thoughts on that? All right. Got five for you here. So first of all, okay. blatant heresy is taught against the primary tenets of the faith. 
Love it. And, you know, I think look at the Apostles' Creed, you know, for primary tenets. I've said before, you know, uh, unity in the primary things, freedom in secondary things, and in all mm -hmm. things, love. This is if you've already been at a church, you know, and all of a sudden they're shifting their doctrine, their thoughts. Right. And this is not just like end times or gifts of the spirit or right. things that you may not agree with that are secondary things. I'm talking about, no, Jesus is not enough. He wasn't right. raised from the dead, right? right? That, you know, just primary things that are in the Apostles' Creed. If the church starts shifting away from those primary tenets of the faith, then yes, talk to somebody, yeah. but probably need to get out. <laughs> Yeah, anytime you add or take away from grace, then Jesus died for nothing. Mm -hmm. So you can't add to Jesus and you can't take away from Jesus. It, it, think about the logic of believing that there are hundreds of ways to get to heaven and God sent his son to die a death just so there'd be one more way. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. All right. A good reason to leave a church is church abuse. And yes, that it's yeah. also covered up without repentance. Now, there's two layers of this. We could do a whole episode. I know you had a whole podcast on this, but <laughs> I literally so, had 12 episodes of a podcast. On yes. This. So not just church abuse, because that will happen in lay leaders and volunteers. You'll see things that come up, right? But how does the church actually respond to it? Do they Are they yes. open and transparent? Do they take the appropriate actions? Do they repent of it and then put measures in place to keep it happening again? Because yep. ultimately... When you have especially larger churches, it's easy for sin to creep in. It's easy for leaders to have things that happen. That doesn't mean you throw away the entire church unless they sweep it under the rug, unless they act like it never happened, and unless there's no measures in place to get rid of that person, put them down a road oh of correction. Oh my gosh, I know. I mean, that whole thing. So real quick on that. Yeah. There's nothing worse. Nothing worse then someone in leadership standing on stage and spinning sin. There's nothing. I mean, it's just nothing worse. It makes me literally want to throw up and never stop because you're going to stand on stage and someone's in sin and you've decided to spin it as that they're just burnt out. Yeah, you've decided to spin it so that we can honor them for their time here, and we're going to honor their family. You know, I, you know, we're not going to tell you he cheated on his wife, but we're going to honor him on the way out for the years of dedication. So now your tithe money is going to pay for this guy's severance. Like, dude, there is nothing more ugly, more unbiblical than someone not being transparent for the sake of the church. Remember yeah. earlier we talked about don't say. We've done it. We've always done it this way. Yeah. Never, ever get on stage or never be in a meeting and say, we did this for the sake of the church. Oh my gosh. No, you didn't. You, you wanted to keep your salary and you wanted to keep the people that are providing that salary intact. Again, I'll say it's what the government does. It's exactly what they do. If you're jacked up, if you're messed up, yeah. You need to step down. It's the best thing you can do for your church, for your congregation, and it's biblical. Get help. Yeah. Get help. When to leave a church? This one's easy. If you move or if you go on a mission field or if you have a lay ministry and stuff and need to travel, then sure, need to need to probably leave the church at that point. Uh, yep. Two more. And I like are, the idea of yeah. moving to a church as well. 
Right. You know, we move for jobs. We move to be closer to family. We move for a lot of reasons. How many people actually go, you know what? I feel called to that church. I'm going to move to be closer to my church. Just a thought. Like that. All right. So this is the opposite of what we said before. When you should leave a church, God actually told you to, but you leave in a way that honors the current church and you don't take people with you to quote, start a church or drag them to a different church. So, So God will tell you to leave a church sometimes. And it can be done with honor where you actually sit down with the leadership, you know, like God's calling us this direction. We love you. We're here for you. We support you. We're not yep. talking bad about you, but this is why we're going to this church. And I've had this yep. happen and it can be done with grace and love and be like, hey, you know, ultimately, if you're going to still be connected with a church somewhere and they're feeding you in different ways, then then amen. More power to you. Amen. More power Go. You to you. But yep. don't take people with you. Don't oh, yeah, spread I'm lies also on your way out. My entire Sunday school class. <laughs> yeah, just you know, side note. We've been talking <laughs> about it for months. <laughs> we, oh my gosh. We've been talking about it for months. That's exactly God's what told it, all of us in the month of September <laughs> to oh, leave. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, no biblical precedent. God's just told us all at the same time that we're supposed <laughs> to leave. And now I'm supposed to be the pastor. But oh. God, I promise God told us to do it. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Man. All right. One have more you, here. Have, oh, oh, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know You know what's funny is when God tells you to do something and God tells someone else the complete opposite, you know? Oh, yeah. And they actually conflict yeah. with each other. That's that's an interesting topic. But All right. Yep. A final reason to actually leave a church is your walk in Christ matures and you need deeper food. Uh, but this is also not an immediate reason to leave. You know, we talked on the episode of Just Share the Gospel of why sometimes you can be in a church that shares the gospel message every Sunday if there's deeper food to be had. But if you are at a church and it's the expense of your walk and you are maturing in your faith, then maybe it's time to leave and not drastically and sharing with everyone like, oh, there's no meat here. It's all milk and I'm just gone and blah, blah, blah. But actually, again, with the direction of God and with respect for the current leadership, you leave in a way that honors them. So, Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. I think we constantly need to be assessing constantly what Jesus is trying to speak to us, how the Holy Spirit's moving in our lives, and not just what church we need to be a part of, but like, what do I need to be fed and what do I need to be hearing in the season? Like you said, Tim, that doesn't mean that this is a reason to leave the church because let's not forget that you also have the responsibility to feed yourself. Yeah. You also have the responsibility to get into scripture, to figure out, to be in prayer. And so you can't just be like, well, the pastor's really surface level. I need something deeper. Um, I can recommend tons of podcasts. Mm -hmm. I can recommend tons of books of the Bible. I can recommend tons of books that are on books of the Bible. That will get you deeper. Is that what you meant? Or did you mean you only it all done for go on Sundays? There yeah. it is. <laughs> there it is. You know, but you know, that's golly. That's a that's a whole nother we could do a podcast episode on on what do we want to be done for us on Sundays. Oof. And what should we be doing during the week? Yeah. You know, like discipleship. Yeah. Pretty cool. I liked this episode. This was really fun. It yeah. this helped me get out some. I felt like I was uh, uh, in a, almost a counseling session. In yeah, some it, was, it was helpful. Helpful for us. We hope it was for you too. Absolutely. And, uh, 
you know, if you've left for any of those reasons or want to share your stories of leaving a church or what, maybe we missed something, another dumb reason to leave, or maybe a reason that uh, you should. Uh, yeah. Prove us right. Prove us wrong. I'd love yeah. to, I'd love to hear. Tell us. If you're listening to this, we have a video version on YouTube and also video version is now available on X, formerly known as Twitter. You can put the entire yeah. video episode on X now and Elon awesome. Musk promised for great traction if you do that. So I'm still waiting on that part, but uh, I did it because Elon said so. So until next week, go with God, grow in discernment, keep your eyes on Jesus. Thanks for joining us on the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. Don't forget to hit subscribe. If this episode blessed you, please share it with a friend. Check out the show notes for more ways to connect with the hosts of the show. 